This is the Hartford Online Radio Network. 21st Century Audio. Delivered. On the horn.com. Good evening, folks. It's Tuesday. It's the Hartford Online Radio Network on thehorn.com, and this is Open for Business, the show that features hands-on business owners discussing everything and anything that has to do with running a business in the 21st century, and obviously most especially here in 2012. Our sponsors are Gateway Financial Group, uh, the accounting firm of Budwitz & Meyerjack, Sandus Travel, Sherpa Technologies, and CentralCTDental.com. And also, the, which is the homes of Dr. Camp Sambor and Lupini. I'm Tommy Russo. This is Ken Cook. And our guest this evening is Mr. Matthew Service. Hey, Matt, how are you? I'm well, thank hey, you, Tom. Hey, Ken, what's going on? How are you, Thomas? I'm doing really good. As most of you know, the tune in on a regular basis. We like to start off the show with a couple quotes. And Ken... Quiz time. Quiz time. Well, actually, this might be an easy one for you. I've They've had been Edward. easy Does for two know? weeks in a row now. Do you, you know, know that. <laughs> well, you know something. I guess I started feeling bad. <laughs> I didn't miss that many. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Uh, we've got Edward Gardner. Does anybody know who Edward Gardner is? Having a clue. Okay, and then we have JFK. So we all know who that is. All right, here we go. All right, this one's going to be a process of elimination. It's not what you take, but what you leave behind that defines greatness. And then change is the law of life. And those who look only to the past or present are certain to miss the future. Jesus, now I really wish I knew who Edward Gardner was. <laughs> what was the, he's, a, he's a famous conductor. But what's, what's the first quote again? Uh, the first quote is, it's not what you take, but what you leave behind that yeah. defines I, That's great- got to be the, yeah, that's got to be Edward, yeah. I was going to go the opposite and give yeah. that to JFK. No, I'm going to go Gardner is, uh, is what you leave behind. He goes home with the prize. All well, right. He's making music, man. It's he's not like what you music. take. It's but what the, you leave, man. One of the reasons why I chose the JFK uh, <laughs> quote was oh, because God. it really, in some ways, I think Matt speaks to the industry that you're in. It's, you know, the past. If you're focused in on the past or the present, you're absolutely going to miss the future. And though certainly I think in some ways your industry is about the present, it's just as much, if not even more so, about the future. We should tell everybody what his industry is. Go for it. Hi, I'm Matt Service. I own uh, Service Internet Solutions. We're a uh, web development company, uh, and we help uh, primarily small and mid-sized businesses more in a B2B space than in the B2C space with uh, uh, developing their websites and, and helping to integrate it within their business. Making a purpose to your website, not just having a website because you need a big yellow page ad. Exactly. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, we've, you know, ever since I started the company, 16 years ago i never talked about us as web design company uh i've always talked about it more about web development because i think it's more than just looking good we do quite a bit of design work and i think we do it fairly well but i i i believe it's always been about functionality not just you know a, a nice pretty brochure i like the way you said that um because i i think web development to me it, it, it's it's kind of i, I equate it to a travel agent and I think guys are calling themselves who are web developers are akin to someone calling themselves a travel agent when, in fact, all they're doing is selling used cars. A used car salesman doesn't, isn't going to tell you where to go on that road. He's just going to make something that he's made 100 times and throw it up there and, and, and put your paint on it. 
That's okay. about it. Whereas the web development, that's a strategy, that's a plan, that's a roadmap for how your business is going to be accessed, how people are going to consume your message over the internet. Wow. How about that? What Kool-Aid are you drinking tonight, <laughs> Brian? Because <laughs> we don't want any. <laughs> All right, so the, the down-to-earth question, Matt, do people come to you with development goals or do they come to you and say, I want a website? Typically, they're, they're coming to me for a couple things. Either they say, we want to see how we can do better. We don't show up or we're not getting much... Uh, our website's not really working for us. So okay. then, so then the question is, all right, what do you wish that it would do for you? Or you know, who's how do you? T they may come with me with, I want a website, but then typically it evolves into, how do you do business? What does the continuum from the time when you, when a person is a prospect, or a suspect, to mm -hmm. the time when they've been a customer for years, what's that that continuum look like? And then. Yeah. What I try and do is talk to them, okay, so how do you make that interaction more efficient, uh, both on your side or for the customer? Make so it you're more a convenient. translator. What you do is you take someone who has business challenges, issues, or goals, and you translate that into a presence, to use Brian's analogy, that lays a roadmap out for them. Sure. And lets them figure out how to get from point A to point B, C, D, and however many other ones they want to go down the alphabet. A, a question for you, Matt. How long have you guys been in business? So I started the company. It'll be, it'll be this August, it'll be 16 years full-time. All right. So here's the next question. 16 years ago, the questions and requests that your clients were bringing to your table, how much has that evolved to the questions and requests that your clients here in 2012 are bringing to the table? Oof, that's that's got to be I huge. Mean, I mean, typically, yeah. 16 years ago, you know, a lot of was people. That 1996. Yeah, is that, what that was. Yep, 96. Okay. A lot of people were didn't really know what they were getting for the internet. Didn't know they and and they were happy with like one page. You yeah. Know, who are we? One page, load fast, dial up, very slow. Yeah. Don't pain my clients, Not but I gotta be there. I gotta yeah. have something. I you know it was it it goes back to you know. Nobody knew why they needed a fax machine, but they must have one. So now it was, this was the start of the internet, and I'm not really sure why I need a website, but I better have one because, and, and in the beginning, a lot of it was, I used to get two different sides of that. It was, well, my customers aren't on the internet, so why do I need a website? And I would say, well, what about all the people who are out on the internet? They could be your customers, right? Yeah. Um, and a lot of times it was very basic. And, and I think today... What the problem that I see today is that things that are very efficient and seem very simple, like, you know, a buying experience on Amazon or buying a computer at Dell and going through the build process and all that, they've they've done tremendous amount of work to make that very easy for the person who's consuming it, all who's right. the visitor to the site. And so a lot of people, I mean, I actually had somebody come to me one time and say, well, all I want is just like, I just want a clone of like eBay. Wow. Huh. I'm like, well, how much money yeah. do you think they have okay. invested in? Sure. And can't you just, like, copy their site for me? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, so there's unrealistic expectations sometimes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, people are looking for their websites to do more today. All right. Do you, you and I talked about this before the show. Are there 
there are uh, promoters like GoDaddy.com, Register.com, basic websites. Get your site up and working in 12 hours or less for nineteen ninety-five a month kind of stuff. What do you get? Well, I mean, uh, there was actually a thing that was held right here in Hartford where Google advertised, hey, we're partnering with Intuit, and you can come to the Hartford Library, sign up, and by the time you leave the library, you've got a website with because Google wants to get everybody online. And what they did is they used a proprietary proprietary set of tools. Um, wow. And to a certain extent, what you are then is locked in. they're locked. They're putting handcuffs on you so that you're it makes it very hard for you to pick up and go anywhere else. And they're going to get their recurring revenue forever because you invest a certain amount of time and, and you can't. You can't then just decide, okay, well, I'm going to pack up my stuff and I'm going to move down the street to, to a different location. You can't take your furniture with you. Are you suggesting, though, that they're hoodwinking the consumer in that particular case, that the consumer does not realize that there is an in perpetuity or something that resembles that closely commitment that they're making to, to a company like that? I think for their potential target audience, um, yeah, they're – I don't know that they're they're purposely trying to deceive them. I think they're telling people, "Hey, it's really easy. It's twenty bucks a month, and it's into it. You know, how can yeah. you not trust us? We it's into it in Google. It's you know, we're, right? But it's we're not the, full disclosure either. No, no. There, there's I'm you know I'm sure that at no point do they say to them in their well, unless maybe you read all six hundred and fifty pages of their terms and conditions or whatever it is. Has know? anyone ever read that? <laughs> no, I have not. That, I you know, it's some type of proprietary format. And it's not easy for you to take it somewhere else. I mean, there, there are ways, if a customer came to me who built their site on a platform like that and said, hey, we want to move it, there's ways that we could grab it, but it's not as easy as if somebody wasn't using one of the proprietary tools. Okay. One of my pet peeves on websites is the fact that it's not, totally 100% in my control to be able to go in and develop a functional site that I can change content on the fly add graphics pull graphics do all of that is that capability available well yeah I mean so so these proprietary systems make it very easy for the average person to do that such as well no I mean proprietary systems even like the intuits and the GoDaddies and the register.coms except you're locked in with them. There's other solutions that are out there, and, and you get tools like WordPress that started out as a blogging platform Yep. that the software itself gets given away for free. Um, it's software that you can install on, you know, virtually 100% of the web hosting providers out there will allow you to install and run WordPress. And, and then it allows you through a standard web browser to be able to build yourself a site. Um, okay. And it works well, and and there's everybody from soup to nuts utilizes WordPress. From the small person who's you know got a couple pages up there to the person who might be a um, what's the name that uses it on the horn.com. Cool. Uh, all the CBS, Our, yeah. all the CBS owned radio stations run WordPress. Really, Peter Greenberg, the travel site, is running WordPress. LNR Productions runs yeah. WordPress. Oh, yeah. Really. Um, WordPress and Blogspot is the other one, but I think Blogspot is. I think th they've become more tailored to the individual who just has stuff to say and just wants a quick and dirty site, which you can do with WordPress too. But WordPress has a, I think, in my humble opinion, much more robust options for templates and 
editing and all that. Well, and there's a lot of stuff that you can do that you can do tying it in with WordPress. I mean, we have a client who we talk, their site is built in WordPress, the front end of it is, but we're able to talk back to their in-house servers to pull out customer information for their uh, rewards program. Okay. So people put go in, they put in a username and a password, or they put in their rewards membership number, and they're able to pull back and see how many points do they have, do they have any membership rewards, coupons mm. that are pending renewal, cool. and all that comes out of their in-house web server, but we pull that information out by doing some extra programming. So you can do some pretty powerful things, even for, um, you know, even within WordPress. Now, this is a little scary to me, but I'm going to go back to Brian's original analogy about the car dealership. Oh, it's not so bad after all now, is it? You know something? (laughs) I'm drinking the same Kool-Aid. All right. Uh, (laughs) um, In this day and age, everywhere you turn, you have competition. They're working out of their electronic cottages. Am I right? And I think what you'll be guaranteed is that you'll have more competitors tomorrow, literally, than you do today. Well, you know, it's kind of funny because um, here in Hartford, um, you know, there's probably actual businesses in the business of doing web web development, web design work, or helping people with their websites. There's probably, I don't know, a hundred places within five miles of where we're sitting today. <laughs> and then there's all the people that are working out of their basement. What's What's interesting for me is, you know, we, we don't compete on that sort of level. And I think a lot of people have different niches. Um... You know, we really focus. We do a lot with the manufacturing sector, and I've I've learned a lot about that in those industries and knowing what's going on in that and the tangential people around that are, that are around the manufacturing industry, whether or not it's metal suppliers or tool and equipment suppliers or whatever. So I understand some of their challenges, and so the way that we differentiate ourselves is to learn a little bit more about an industry or a vertical, and then focus in on that. You know, we, as I said in the very beginning, I said our clients are primarily B2B. There's a lot of um, agencies or development companies that focus more on a B2C. I mean, I, I, think, I think in the years that I've been in business, I've had two restaurants or um, banquet centers Got out it. of 600 customers. We M- just don't do that. My connection to Brian's early analogy, though, is this consumer drives down the road and in the course of five to ten mile radius there's 20 options to buy that used car how does he or she know which is the most reputable which where they're going to get the best service so the same thing with your industry i'm asking for our listeners and viewers right now you know how what's the What's the criteria that they need to go through to be able to say we've, we're working with the best for us as opposed to some of the fly-by-nights that pop up literally on a daily basis? They're sure. out there all the time. We're credible but mismatched. But right. Point well made. Well, I mean, so a couple things speak to that. So when you're interviewing a potential development customer or company, you know, you've got to, I think part of it is you talk to your peers within an industry or ask other people, business owners that you know, try and ask them who do they use, are you happy, whatever that case might be. It's it's no different than what you do when you're looking for a plumber almost, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, but then at that point, then hopefully you're dealing with someone who is ethical enough that if they're not a good fit, they'll come out and tell you, you know, we're probably not a good fit for you. Um, 
because it, it it's only going to serve that cus that company best if they're going to say we're not a good fit because if they can't do a good job then it's going to come around to, to hit them because they're not going to get a good referral out of it later on or a good testimonial i think it's just a question of um you know you need to do some research you need to ask them about projects that they've already done you want uh you know have them give you not two or three companies that they've worked for before have them give you a list of 20 sites or 30 sites and then you go through those and randomly maybe choose someone to contact maybe don't pick the person who they've given you as here here's a reference for you that's you know sugar-coated and mm, you okay. know um and on your own do a little bit of research i it, it is hard i think that in order for you to pick someone that's the right one you're going to want to find somebody that's related to your industry and you know the most important thing though again going back to what you said is make sure you have a purpose yes. to a website, which brings me to our first break here, Deepwater Seafood, who has a great purpose to their website. Let me share it with those really? of you what watching the video. You, I, what a segue right of all segues. This, this beautiful website, <laughs> it's deepwaterlobstercompany.com. Okay? You go there, and you can see you know, where they're located in case you're... You're right there. But if you have not been to the only fish market in the Farmington Valley, you don't know what you're missing. Deepwater uh, is right on Route 44, open six days a week. This is one of the things that I like about their website in that you can scroll down this little menu bar. For those of you watching the video, the fresh fish, you want to know what, what they have? You just click right there, ahi tuna. Scottish organic salmon. Anyone ever have Scottish Ooh, organic salmon? Every other night. Good. I haven't, but I'll, I'm going to go try it. Love salmon. I'm going to go get some. Block Island swordfish. Sure. I've caught some. Uh, great. If you want shellfish, certainly do that. Specials right there. Soft shell crabs. Oh, only eight ninety five each right now. Mm. Oh, we got to get some of those. Um, great stuff. You want to know about catering? There's Kevin. Kevin is the owner over there. Kevin Nelson. And store manager. I think he's also the, the owner. Uh, but great stuff over there. No matter what you guys need here, uh, as far as seafood, these these are the guys to go to. Uh, they also have a terrific uh, paella, which, as you know, comes with your favorite fish just for the halibut. There you go. Uh, you can even order online, which is great. And when I say you can even order online, if you're watching the video, you see this order online coming soon. So you can't quite order online. But what you can do is give them a call at 860-676-9657. You tell them what your order is. Call them during the day, during your lunch hour, when you're just drooling to have some of this shrimp cocktail that they have. When you're drooling about it, thinking about it later on tonight, maybe with a little uh, Pinot Grigio. And they will have it ready for you to pick up. After work, it's deep water seafood. They're right there in Avon over in the Farmington Valley, 860-676-9657. They've done a great job with their website. You know what I want to get to uh, with you, Matt, is um, is this idea of the walled garden. That idea of, you know, Apple sort of has this walled garden with all of their products. We are Apple everywhere in here. And, you know, to make an app or a program, you have to be approved. It's not really open architecture like you can do with a, with a PC. Um, and, you know, that comes with advantages and disadvantages. Uh, you have to be, Apple has to be the benevolent dictator in, in that particular case. But I'm wondering, you were talking to me about, you know, your, your company builds apps for phones and I imagine iPads. Is, and you do it for the Android devices, like, you know, ice cream sandwich and all that. Um, so 
I wonder if there's a point to be made of don't build a website, build an app instead. Have your folks consume that message via this very walled garden where now they're they're in your app. There's no searching on the internet for, you know, who you are to try to find the page and maybe they find a you know, someone who's who's blasting your, your reputation. Now you're in the walled garden. Is is that the way we should probably go with our businesses? Or do you still like the idea of, of a of a website as sort of the anchor of all your your internet? Well, I mean, I think you've got to have something on the web separate from an app. I mean, a, a, the problem is, is if you have an app and nothing else, somehow you have to convince people that they should download the app onto their phone and utilize it. And and um, although they, the penetration of smartphones is growing tremendously, you know, I don't know how many people are really downloading all kinds of apps. I mean, I, you know, I see my kids with their, with their phones or their, uh, iPads and they've got you know three or four or five hundred apps on their on their on their device but you know maybe I'm not the typical person either because I don't have that many apps on mine my my stuff's more focused around my business I think I think you can't build your whole business around just an app and not have some type of presence online with that said I've seen some people that are taking the tact of not having a website and just having a page on or uh, on Facebook Another and, walled garden, right. it's similar to the uh, similar to the app idea. Yeah, yeah. Although, although I don't need anything, I don't need something special on my phone to go to a Facebook page. But Matt, you and I sat through a presentation. You don't, but you need to. I mean, you really ought to download the Facebook app. Right, but but or but if I'm on my PC, I don't need anything special to go to you know Facebook.com/slash you know on the horn. I can just go there. You know, it's, it's my true. choice. Yeah. And so some people are thinking that as opposed to going to GoDaddy or getting a domain name and, and uh, then building a site, some people are just saying, okay, well, you go to Facebook.com slash whatever, and that's where we're located. That's where we've built some presence for our business, and it's another way for them to reach out and connect to their customers. I think it all depends upon who your customers are. Uh, what about the different browsers and building your website? Uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of all the all the mobile devices, whether they are – a PC device or an Apple device with their iPad. Um, Microsoft just released their new tablet called the Surface, which is going to be running that uh, RT system. Um, you know, the, the best mobile browser out there is Safari, which is this, you know, really on a computer, it's a piece of junk thing that Apple just throws on there and no one uses it. But do you have to be mindful of what the most popular browsers are. I don't even know what the most popular browser is right now, but do you have to be mindful of that, of where it might set up frames and how it might look to the consumer? Or has everyone kind of said, you know, if this is going to work at all, we're going to use some of the same parameters? Um, well, I mean, there's so there's a couple things. One, you're talking about cross-browser compatibility. And um, so, yeah, you do have to worry about people using Chrome or Firefox or Internet Explorer and what version of Internet Explorer. Microsoft's you got to love Microsoft. They come out with a version of a browser, and then, um, like, IE9, Internet Explorer 9, has an option for compatibility mode that lets you revert back to an earlier version of it. Well, huh. um, because there were so many sites that weren't compatible with that version. Um, and then the other thing that you start worrying about when you start looking at mobile versions of sites is all the different screen sizes. Because, you know, it doesn't matter whether or not it's an iPhone or uh, an Android-type device, uh, 
even on a tablet. You've got all different size tablets, and so is the design fluid, so it will resize based upon the screen size, or are you working with some fixed screen sizes? So, you know, it, it's this business is a fairly complex business. You know, there's everybody that's doing it everywhere, as Tom says. You got the kid in his basement, and, and uh, he might be doing a great job. But at the same point, um, it's like anything else. I think if a business grows and becomes more successful, they need to rely upon a professional services company to, to keep them in business. This, go ahead, Jim. This reminds me very much of the early PC era. Because in the early PC era, the dominating force in the culture there were the engineers. They did not design PCs for user ease of use, flexibility, or anything. And as you're describing this, with all of the complexities of screen sizes and how it shows up on one device versus another device and different platforms, to me... You have a consumer, client, business client out there who wants ease of use, easy to change, flexibility, adaptability, and it still strikes me that the people that are running the show are more concerned with protecting, as Brian said, everything in my walled garden. I don't want anybody to uh, be able to do anything that might take them away from my world. Well, it's funny because, you know, it's funny how many people over the years have said to me, um, can I, if, if, if somebody potentially, how do I keep somebody from leaving my site but still give them value? You know, I want them to get to my site and never leave. I said, well, you know, how realistic is it that they're never going to leave your site? Zero. You know? Yeah. But that's the concept behind the walled garden. Yeah. And yeah, let's but put the, handcuffs on them so but, they can't But go look anywhere. at all the folks that experience the internet only through Facebook. I mean, it's yeah, hard but, to believe, but it happens. But Facebook is like AOL was. Facebook is a little bit better than AOL, but yeah, no, I agree. Well, AOL was great in its time. AOL always in its time. Stunk. No, AOL was horrible. Well, I don't. I mean, you might be talking about the back end there, Brian, but I think what Ken is more referring to is the surface of the consumer coming in yeah. and wave after wave after wave. AOL was just as popular as Facebook, or Facebook just as popular as AOL. You don't know that because you were like maybe two years old. I mean, at the they, time. no, that's not true. I was in college when <laughs> AOL was around, and I thought I, I I never went to AOL. I hated it. But every time I did go there, I felt like I was like locked in and I couldn't get out. Remember the phrase, "You've got mail." That yeah, was but everywhere. It, it was they a great, even had a movie. Yeah, no, I, I, I Tom Hanks. <laughs> I'm not saying they weren't successful, but my thing is, it was not a good experience. Well, for many people, Facebook is not a good experience. My point being, though, that the my perspective on the philosophy of Facebook is our world or no world, and I think that that is not going to bode well on the web. I mean, the web to me is an open domain. Well, the the thing that I'm seeing with Facebook is because the majority of what I would call their primary audience, which is, I would say their, you know, their their audience is aging to a certain extent. User base is aging because it's getting embraced by a broader spectrum of people. However, um, Kids that are people that are my kids' age that are sixteen, they sort of live or die by it. That there's no more even that you know they texting someone is almost passe. You know, it's they've just done a Facebook update, and you're supposed to get the the fact that there's an update on your phone. For them, 
Facebook has a real problem for a business model because if people are only consuming it on their mobile device and on the small screen and through the Facebook app, they've got a real problem with how they're going to deliver their advertising and make money doing it because there's not okay. the real estate on that screen size for them mm -hmm. to have the advertising. And they're not going to put up with ads preceding the updates. Right. They want it when they want it. It could. How well, about LinkedIn? Um, different cool. different world. It's all B two B. Different world. And yeah. I tell you what, I can, the user. I don't know. Do you find the user interface tough on LinkedIn? It's not intuitive. I mean, I I am not unfamiliar. Yeah. With the web, <laughs> I own an internet radio station. I'm pretty good at this stuff. Every single time someone sends me a message in there, when I want to read the message, I click on what I think is clicking on the message. Instead, it brings me to that person's profile. Yeah. And I'm like, now I don't know how to go back. I can't find my inbox. By the way, if you guys want to call in, um, the Skype line is open, 860-266-HORN, 266-4676, if you want to call in. Uh, but, yeah, t talk to me about LinkedIn and how much I probably should be using it, and I don't at all. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I me personally as a business owner, as someone who wants to potentially connect with other people, I see it's got a lot of value for me. Um, or for people that, that are looking for some type of good or service and or someone who can help them with that, I think it does me well. I, I don't foresee myself, and many of my clients who are primarily business-to-business, -business see virtually no business through anything they do on Facebook. They're doing it, and they're maintaining. I have one client who maintains you know, Facebook and uh, Twitter, and LinkedIn and all these other things besides their primary site. But the only reason why they're maintaining their Facebook, which gets, you know, not that much traffic and they get virtually no increase through is because they've made it easy and integrated the various different things. So when they make a post in one place, it automatically updates in Facebook because mm. if they had to maintain four separate pieces of information, they wouldn't do it. And this is a company that has one and a half people on staff to work on their website. So they just wouldn't do it. They don't see the value. That's a tool like FeedBlitz, for example. Right, something like that. Okay. Um, but in, in general, um, for me, the greatest value for LinkedIn is as a resource to connect when you're looking for uh, someone at a particular business that you would say, geez, I wonder if Tom knows anybody. I'm trying to get into XYZ company. Who in my network might know somebody there? That's the greatest value for me. Um, or, you know, maybe my name comes up associated with some other person and, and I'm a connection to them. And there's an opportunity for me to, to help somebody make a connection. Um, you know, I don't see it as a place to promote your business per se. To me, LinkedIn is more about you, not about your business. I would agree with that. Mm. Ken, okay. I know you have some thoughts on that. Well, I, I'm a proponent of LinkedIn. I like LinkedIn a lot, mostly because of my predisposition to building business through relationships. And LinkedIn, to me, is like you all have heard me use the analogy before. It's the online Rolodex. I mean, it's like my client yeah. from 30 years ago handing me the twirling card Rolodex on the top of the desk and say, look through it. If there's anybody you want to meet, tell me and I'll introduce you. You know, I I get the feeling that, like, Facebook is, you know, this is not revolutionary idea here. Facebook is more social and LinkedIn is more business. But 
what it really comes down to is I, I feel as if those who are not very savvy on the internet mm-hmm. but want to connect <laughs> use LinkedIn and they feel safe because LinkedIn is so stodgy and so unglamorous that they know that it, it's okay. It's, it's, it's okay site. to log on and, and do social networking, which might give people the heebie-jeebies <coughs> and do this social networking through LinkedIn that you maybe, I don't know if you want to do that through Facebook because, you know, girls are posting crazy photos or people are trying to sell you Viagra or, or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, it's sort of like that that stodgy place that's safe. It's that safe space to to connect. You know, I think it is enjoyed by people in the business world because they know what it is. I'm not sure I'd use the word stodgy. I think what it is is it's a business connection site, and it doesn't paint itself as anything different than that. Yeah. So, I mean, stodgy to me is uh, old school and rules and everything, and I don't think there's a whole bunch of those roadblocks that LinkedIn puts up, if any. So, How about what, what would you consider to be a stodgy business? A stodgy business? Yeah. I'm thinking oh, of uh, Cadwallader, Wickersham, and Taft, the law firm down on Wall Street. That, That's that, a stodgy business. That could th- I was thinking of maybe, maybe like dentistry. Do you think dentists would be a stodgy? Hope not. I hope I hope not too. Uh, but oh God, not that wasn't the segue you were going for, was it? But let me tell you how oh. unstodgy, how <laughs> welcoming our good friends over at Central CT Dental can be. First of all, they I've been there. And I can attest, these are the nicest people on the planet, if not the galaxy. Um, CentralCTDental.com. Doctors camp, Sambor, Lupini, routine issues, or if you have a serious issue, all of that stuff can happen right here. Whether you know you just got to get your teeth cleaned or you, you you know you got one of your teeth knocked out, these this is the place to go. It is your center for dental health. It's very good. Tommy Russo choking on one of his teeth right now, actually, <laughs> may need to go. In fact, thanks to Central. to CentralCTDental.com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, family How's care, dental implants, uh, healthy mouth, healthy body, a great little. Here's one of the really cool things about this, too. If you want to make an appointment, yeah, you, you can give them a call. You can go ahead and do that, 747-5761. Go ahead, give them a call. Or, this is cooler. Make an appointment online. Watch what I'm doing for the vo- those of you watching the video. I'm going to actually click on this little make an appointment thing. You put in your first name, your last name, and, uh, you know, what your address is, what your current uh, situation is, wh- you know, what day of the week is good for you. You hit submit, done. They will contact you at your convenience, and you can go in, get your appointment done, get everything worked out. It's no, you know, none of this call I, I i'm trying to go see this other doctor i called him uh two weeks ago he's booking to the end of august the yep. end of august get that that's ridiculous and but and you know what they said to me but call back every day see yeah. me see if you know something opened up that's so gonna I'm, gonna, I'm gonna call right. for three months to <laughs> 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 see, see if there's an opening no not with central ct dental you can go right online make an appointment uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, anytime, morning, afternoon, evening, even late evenings. It's great stuff. Doctors Camp, Sambor, and Lupini. Thank you, Brian. There you go. So this goes back to the quote. 
that I read earlier that Brian knew, Ken and I did not. Did not. The Brian guest. Change is the law of life, and those who look only to the past or the present are certain to miss the future. What's the future here, Matt? I mean, I'm t- asking you to take out the crystal ball in this moment in time, and where? Yeah, right. You know, or you know, where, I, where I, do you think we're going? I really think it's going towards more mobile devices. I think the days of the majority of us um, uh, acting, uh, accessing the internet from a standard device that you would think of today or a few years ago is going away. Like laptop or PC. Yeah, or I think like laptops that. and PCs are going away. I think the, the the day of people, everyone having a tablet or yeah. Uh, yeah. on their on their phone, you know, it's um, is going to be the where it's at. I mean, even in for for several years in uh, Japan. The average person in the you know the sixteen to twenty five demographic or eighteen to twenty five demographic was accessing the internet more from a mobile device. They almost didn't know that you could do it from a tel- from a computer, <laughs> really, because that's, that's not how funny. they consumed it. Right. Um, I think that that's the direction that we're going in, and I think um, you know the big thing is BYOD, right? And corporations now bring your own device. So many corporations are having to embrace it because no I've got my own iPad. Wow. And I want to bring it with me because the company's not going to give it to me, but I'm going to bring it into work. Now, companies are having to deal with their IT divisions are saying, well, I've got all these foreign devices on my network now. Yeah. What do I do? I can see CIOs all over the world oh, pulling yeah. their hair out. Especially in Iran. But, they're, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, they're having, to, they're having to embrace it. And, and uh, I've got one client that um, their top management, their primary device is now an iPad. Um, All right, so what's prioritize it in the few minutes we have left. Uh, limited budget business wants to be accessible. They want to make sure that they re- B2B, just to limit the discussion, they want to reach as many of their clients and have their clients reach them. What's the priority of their spend? I think the, the first thing they have to do is regardless of how their website looks, they have to make sure that it's search engine friendly. I mean, no one is using the yellow pages anymore. No one's going to yellowbook.com or yellowpages.com. They're all just going to Google or, or Bing or whatever the choice is. And I'm doing so glad to hear you it. say that, too, because um, the yellow pages just piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, that's that's the boogie, uh, the buggy whip that's going away is the yellow pages. And so, you know, if you – so the first thing that a company should do, I don't care who they are, is they've got to make sure they go to Google and Bing and Yahoo and that – you make sure that you're in their listing for a local business so that if I was to search for something very specific, including a zip code or whatever, you come up in that local search where, where the maps are. Um, that's the replacement for the yellow pages if someone's being very specific. If you're a plumber, you may not even need a website, but you got to make sure you're in the local search. And if I went to Google, typed in list my business in your local business listings, it would step me through how to do that. Yeah, or if you search for your business very specific, knowing what your location is, um, you'll be able to find your listing, and then there's a, actually a link there that says claim my listing. Got it. That type of thing. Huh. Um, and it's kind of funny because when you claim your listing, and one of the ways that Google verifies you is they do it old school. They actually send you a postcard in the mail to the address that's really? on file with a code on it to make sure that you really are that person. That's interesting. Um so you got to do that. You got to make sure you're in the local listings. Um, 
so that you're in their in their directory, their their piece of that. Um, the next thing is you should make sure that your site's going to show up in general on the search engines, so that if someone's searching for you, you know, you you got to show up somewhere besides page one hundred. What you know? What's a good rubric for that? Like if someone was going to search for um, us on thehorn dot com, what 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 search do I plug in to see how my search? I mean, if I plug in on thehorn dot com, it's going to come up. So what's online radio network or anything along that line? Hartford online radio, online radio, Hartford, internet radio, Hartford. All right. Online radio, Hartford. Let's see what happens. On the horn, on the horn.com. Number one. Let me share this with everyone watching the video. This is great. On the horn. Number one, WTIC FM. Number two, WZMX. Number three. And then nope. some other nonsense. Now, the tool for that, you ask, how do I know what I should be looking for? Yeah. Google allows you to use all of their data of every search that anyone has ever done, okay. ever. So if you were to go to Google and search for Google Keyword Tool, for free, you can go there and use their keyword tool to do research. So you can understand whether or not it's better to search for online radio or internet radio. And it will tell you the number frequency right. that's interesting. Google, Google will tell you the number of searches uh, the average monthly number of searches over a 12-month period for a particular phrase so you need to know if it's internet radio or online radio you need to know if it's and then so what we look at when we're doing that is we we call that the number of searches we call that the popularity of the phrase and then if you go to Google and you search for online radio and you see the number of results that come up we call that the competition and what you're looking for is something that's got a, a high level of popularity and a low number of competition. That's the holy grail, you know. Um, and sometimes it's counterintuitive. Uh, we did a project for a customer where more people search for hockey sticks, plural, than for hockey stick. Huh. Interesting. And more people search for ice skate than ice skates. So what do you do with that information then? Well, you need to make sure that you're – you can go through and you can optimize your site so that you're searching so that you're fishing where the fish are. You want to make sure you target your site and do optimization of your site so that you're targeting the phrases that people are actually searching on. And that's a whole nother show. So we can do that one day. But you know, it leads me to ask the question because we know that there's a whole bunch of do it yourselfers out there that are tuning in right now and saying, thinking I can do this. But really, when I'm hearing the nuances that you just shared in one small category, how likely are those do-it-yourselfers to be successful at, at, because what I'm hearing from you is the SEO, search engine optimization, is a whole different skill set that requires a lot of technology, but also a lot of intuitiveness that leads you down the path. Well, it's all about research, primarily, Mm -hmm. first and foremost. It's about research and gaining some knowledge about, you know, you they change their algorithms all the time. But the, the general rule of thumb that you can know is that if the content, it, so once you know the phrases you want to target, if your content serves the visitor to your site and serves them well, it will probably do well in the search engines as long as you take into consideration some optimization techniques. And we can, you know, I'd be happy to at some point to come back and talk about that. Cool. Yeah, we'd love that. Now yeah. I, got, I have to ask one question before we run out. Knowing manufacturers as I do, why are they such lousy websites? Um, They're terrible online marketers because for, as a be, unit. Because what I hear all the time from them in general is, you know, they don't see a lot of value in it. A lot of them are very much niches in their markets. 
a lot of them, you know, sometimes in this area, especially you got aerospace people that basically have one or two customers and they don't put a lot of value in their website. I want to leave everyone with one word when you think about your web presence, imagination. I just think there is, for manufacturers with a little bit of imagination, a whole slew of new market opportunities they could open up. I see you nodding your head. Absolutely. All right, Matt, we got to collaborate on that one. Are we out of time? There it is. I knew the rooster was around. The rooster's around. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends of all ages, you've been tuning in to Open for Business this evening. Our guest has been Matt Service. Matt, thank you so much. Thank you, Matt. My President pleasure. CEO and Grand Poopa of Service Internet Solutions. Ken Cook, Tommy Russo, Brian Parker, all of you. See you next week. Cheers. <laughs>